But then, you know, kind of the other aspect, it's the people that are so disempowered and they have no options because their doctor's just like, well, like, you're just going to have to live with this, this and this. Your labs are fine. Like, I don't know what else I can do. So they kind of come to me like, you're my last hope. Like, is there anything that we can kind of do? <laughs> you are the obvious. <laughs> right? Hey, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to the Flowcast. This is the podcast for information and inspiration on your journey to finding your flow. My name's RJ and I'm joined by my co-host Telsey and together we explore topics surrounding flow as well as lead by inspiration through our own passions and those of the guests that we interview. So let's dive right in. Yeah, episode 24 is with Laura Anderson, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, I guess just start by kind of describing who you are or what you do a little bit, and we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so my name is Laura Anderson, and I'm a naturopathic doctor here in Peterborough. Um, And, yeah, I guess it was just one of those things where I never actually even knew what a naturopath was when I was, you know, going through high school or anything like that. Um, It was something that I was always interested in, you know, like I was taking sciences, I was interested in sciences, and I was really interested in how, like, you can take certain substances and how it can affect the body. And so... I was actually kind of going down the route of more like pharmacy and to be a pharmacist because I had two jobs working at different pharmacies in high school. So I thought, well, like if I'm going to, you know, end up being a pharmacist, I might as well start off my career at U of T if I'm going to be going eventually to the U of T School of Pharmacy. And so, um, yeah, so I went to U of T right after high school and just in like general arts and sciences. And it was just a really really awful stressful year with like case of bed bugs and I was off campus and yeah it was just very very stressful but it was one of those things where like because I was off campus I had to walk through like half an hour even to get to my classes and I happened to walk through a job fair and there was somebody from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine there and I remember stopping and chatting with her kind of like I didn't even know you could learn all this and actually have it as a profession sort of thing and so you know from that moment it really just like changed my whole trajectory of I finished off the year at U of T and then ended up coming back to Trent finishing off my um, undergrad and then going back to to Toronto to finish off yeah the naturopathic college so yeah it was just kind of interesting that I never really you know sought after this career and yeah. yet it was just like really kind of just that slip moment in time where i just opened up my yeah my world to it so yeah that's that's amazing um and telsey actually has a very similar story so um i mean i think we've touched on it before on the podcast but think, if you want yeah, to like recount it just because it's like that was one of the reasons that i really wanted you on that show is because it's such like a interesting um it's connection inter- yeah it's very um, parallel so yeah. the short of my story is that i also grew up like loving sciences loving the body and uh, i grew up my mom was like supernatural so i grew up around god supernatural but <laughs> very natural <laughs> my mom is god um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I grew up just kind of with a lot of, you know, diet was important to us and and just healthy lifestyle. But because I was good at math and science, kind of my natural inclination was like, I'll go to university for health sciences because I like the body and I like science and I was very good at it. Um, And then I got there and like everyone was like, so what med school are you going to? And I was like... I didn't think that through. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. I was going to med school after this degree. So I was thinking it through and like I just didn't align with a lot of the Western medicine ideologies because I didn't grow up with it. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of shocked me because I was really naive to Western medicine. And then uh, I ended up taking a break from school for a bit just to kind of think about what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then eventually ended up going to the Canadian College of Homeopathic Medicine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I stopped my degree halfway through. I went, I was in health sciences, then I switched to psychology because I was like, this feels more aligned with yeah. what I'm kind of oh, enjoying. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, I don't know what I'm going to do with a psych degree. So then I ended up going to CCHM in Toronto there. 
and uh, finished my, like, I've got a full diploma in homeopathy and health sciences. Um, so that's pretty fun. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know what to do with this either. Like, it was just kind of just finding my path. Yeah. Um, and ended up, so that's how I got into personal training. I was like, I just need a minute to, like, think about what I'm doing. So I, I spent some time personal training for about, what was it, three years or something, and then decided got half a psych degree maybe I should go back to Trent and finish my psych degree so that's what I did so I just finished that a couple weeks ago which is exciting yeah but it's uh, it's just kind of funny we're both like yeah science let's do it and then we're like whoa Mm -hmm. maybe not yeah exactly (laughs) Um, yeah so it's really I've definitely carried that through with even my personal training like a more holistic route and we talk about hormones and balancing them and diet in a more holistic way rather than just like chicken and rice um, yeah, yeah <laughs> and that kind of stuff. so I'm really intrigued to like hear your take on things yeah yeah, yeah. that's really cool and you know the other similarity or the other tie-in that was I also experienced the undergrad science route at U of T and yeah. that that pressure and that intensity there which is really like shocking I mean uh first first year um organic chemistry the first midterm there were kids literally crying in the midterm <laughs> Absolutely, and it's yeah. like a it's a major eye-opening and then you know it's just such an intense environment you go into classes in con hall which is where people go to graduate which seats 2,000 students yeah. in a class oh and you realize like this it's it's a whole different like beast from what you kind of are used to in high school and and going into it so you uh obviously saw like this calling with with um or this really keen interest with naturopathy yeah. and how did you like obviously you know i think we talked about it even on the last podcast because we were doing like this concept of comparison and obviously there's a lot of pressure in comparison in in school how did you like make the shift um or what, what kind of obstacles came in your way with with like going from university into or like the traditional uh, life science route into naturopathy like what kind of things did you see that you had to overcome yeah i mean i i mean even just the contrast of being in toronto and at university of toronto and then coming to trent it was just even that it was just so much more like i felt relaxed and i was happier i feel like it focused better and there's just like less stress in my life right but then um yeah the so i did an undergrad in biology and there was a specialization in health sciences that i was able to take and so through that i was able to connect with a naturopath in town and i was able to kind of do like an externship for him sort uh-huh. of thing so but even prior to that when i had decided okay i'm going to you know, go and study naturopathy eventually. I should probably maybe go see one myself and right. And so, um, yeah, so again, there was two different ones in town that I was kind of seeing. And so even through that and like going through the process and kind of observing from like a patient aspect of going through, but then also kind of observing like them as a practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to be able to do that. And then of course, then when I was doing the externship with the naturopath, being able to kind of like really be learning like behind the scenes to really make sure that it was what it's something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know for myself, like it was the fact that I could you know, graduate kind of with a, you know, like license or like registration to be able to do something. It wasn't, I felt it wasn't something like a job that people could just like take away from me, right? Like I could always have the job no matter what. Mm. Um, and I also really liked to the fact that, cause I, I knew I wanted to have children in the future and just being able to kind of, you know, like be my own boss, like have kids and, and that sort of stuff. Um, it was really, yeah, kind of important to me. Like, yeah, the being the own, my own boss and the schedule yeah. freedom. I guess was something that I really, really liked. That's cool. So. I like how, yeah, how carefully crafted that was. Like you're like, I explored it. I was patient. Like I experienced was it. it. Yeah. And then I like, yeah, kind of made sure it aligned with my future before. That's cool. That's yeah. really mindful. Cause it's a big, it's a big decision, sure. right? It's like yeah. you do a four year undergrad, which is a lot. And mm-hmm. then you're like, I'm going to do four more years. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's something that, yeah, like, and, and I was reaching out, like my brother was living in Toronto at the time. And so he knew some people that were students at the college. So like I got their email, I would send them like tons of questions and they, you know, took the time to respond back to me. I heard they're really good for that there. Yeah. yeah. Like I just really appreciate it. And like, we still keep 
keep in touch now because cool. you know she's yeah she's a naturopath and awesome. in Toronto and yeah like it's just really nice because it's you know sometimes you can get inundated with tons of emails and it's like oh you know hmm. but it really can go a long way when someone's like really needing some guidance right yeah yeah so, so is, that's uh you know school starting back up in a few weeks and a lot of a lot of students you know are going that traditional route because it's just like it's that like path that we're all just like subjected to and mm -hmm. do you have any like tips for how people can find their sort of place either in university in in sort of the the bigger picture of schooling or even if like considering that's the route that they should or they feel that's like true to them or not yeah you know i think i would just always say to really you know listen to your gut and like your instinct you know because i feel it can be so easy to be like you know just guided down the path you know like herded like cattle sort of thing of like what you should be doing but if you're always have this you know just in the back of your mind like this doesn't feel right or like i don't like it mm -hmm. then you know it it can be easier to say but like you know to have the courage just to be like you know what i'm just gonna maybe take a break and think about it for a year or maybe go travel or explore and like it, it can just be hard going off the beaten path but i think if you don't you you know that you kind of need to or you know that you need to really like speak your voice and just say no this isn't truly what i'm meant for it's still awesome and it's awesome people are doing it but i like i need to be doing something else because those things can really drag you down and can really be like eat away your soul you know after a while if you don't really listen to it yeah so and it and i think too like it's okay to quit like if you're doing a program or you're in a job already and it's really not calling to you like it's okay to just switch gears like we shouldn't really think so much of stopping something that maybe doesn't fill us with passion as like a failure right you just learn from those mm -hmm. and you know and i think a lot of other people would probably look up to you for doing that because good, i think yeah. they can be a little scared to maybe doing the same thing that you might <laughs> be sure. doing right because yeah. it can be scary like the unknown and not knowing the path but you there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of learning in that which you know can bring so many other wonderful things mm -hmm. yeah i think so. I've, yeah we've mentioned that a little bit before just how like not listening to that voice or following your gut is doing a huge disservice to yourself oh. because you're really really squandering mm -hmm. a bunch of goodness that could come to you yeah absolutely but how do you listen to your gut like what do you do to get there or is it just this like, you're so in tune that it's just there yeah, I feel it's definitely been something like I, I feel I've been fairly intuitive for, yeah, for a long time, but I feel um, it's something I've been harnessing more and doing more like meditation practice and just trying to get, yeah, just trying to get myself more in the zone and just with like, there's so many things going on with business and raising a family and like all these different things. It's like, I just feel being pulled apart in so many different directions that I find like trying to get quiet and just like have like inner quiet as well as like yeah. my external environment too. And just really like, like what are the constant thoughts going on in my mind? Because clearly like if there's something that I'm not addressing, like it's gonna be showing up somehow. Um, but yeah, and I find meditation too, like really helps me just to kind of really, you know, under understand just how I'm feeling and just, and I find journaling too. Like I've always yeah. been a big writer. I I I think it was like eight years old, and I like begged my mom to get me a journal, and it was and I still have them all, which is oh, actually really cool. Amazing. So it's yeah. like it's kind of neat to look back and just just the words I use, like the slang when I'm like ten, you know, and like <laughs> just the friends I was hanging out with. So it was, it was neat to look back, but just I think it's always been such an outlet for me that like whatever is going on inside if i can just get it out it just helps me organize my thoughts mm -hmm. and to move forward um with things yeah that's actually that's something that we uh we talk about a lot because we're both uh big advocates of writing it down like actual paper journals yes. instead of instead of something digital um yeah i mean my notes today are, are digital just because i i sent them <laughs> shame, to you shame. so that, yeah so <laughs> i sent them to you so that you'd have you know a little right. bit of prep but um is that something like that's sort of something that you would advocate as well totally because i just i also and i i will tell patients too like even in certain treatment plans or if there's certain things that they're dealing with i'm like when you physically like take what's going on in your head and like physically putting it on paper it's almost like you can let your body 
And especially because I know lately I've been doing this when they're having trouble sleeping because they're like, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted all day. I try to go to sleep and then I'm wired because I'm thinking of so many things. So I say, have a journal by your bed. Whatever you're thinking of, just literally write it down. Like, doesn't matter about grammar. Don't make it look pretty. Like, just get it out. Because then it's almost like you're allowing yourself to, like, I don't need to think about those things because I can, like, they're on the paper. I can just look at them later, right? To kind of, like, allow yourself to go, like, give yourself permission to go to bed sort of thing. Um, But, yeah, I love paper journals like I like I was always using a paper calendar like I've just within the past year like Google calendar but I still have my like agenda and a notebook that like anytime I have notes or thoughts like there just goes down there and I just find it really helps to organize myself a lot better but yeah I don't think I'll ever leave the Mm -hmm. I'll never go fully electronic (laughs) I love stationary too much we study that in psych all the time that like you that physical like you've got it in your brain sure and you've got it on a calendar but using your hands to put it somewhere on paper it will actually schematize it in your brain a bit more so you've got you know it solidifies it totally and you've got if you're overthinking at night or whatever those neurons are firing and they want to go somewhere so if you put them somewhere on paper that's an outlet yeah for sure yeah yeah that i love it that's (laughs) exactly what uh you know what we do and and uh, and talk about a lot here because it, it's a bit yeah it's about simplifying things but making it um, making it tangible as well which writing it on paper it just it is totally different from like the digital like it actually is is so much more organized and everything but it's really interesting that um, it's even part of like the practice and recommendations that that you make so mm-hmm. um, you know we're we're pretty well versed in, in the holistic areas but what is naturopathy and and mm-hmm. sort of uh take a few minutes just for anybody that's listening that's not entirely uh familiar with that term or and or what you would do as a naturopathic doctor sure yeah so so naturopathic medicine so it really lies on certain principles that like first do no harm so you're really trying to just really recognize that the body has an inherent ability that it wants to heal but there's just certain things that have blocked it for whatever reason so you're not maybe like getting certain nutrients or there's certain um maybe things that you're putting in your body that are not so good for your body that's like kind of blocking what it should be doing um and then really using kind of the natural substances and natural therapies kind of in your environment in order for those things to kind of occur so i mean of course nutrition is a big thing um and looking at like diet and just like timing of food and beverages and all that sort of thing um but then the other different modalities that we learn as well is chinese medicine so that's a huge one so So it's not just like using acupuncture and like moxa and like cupping and those sort of things, but it's also the whole theory. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I have patients saying, because I'll ask them if they've had acupuncture before and they said, oh yeah, like it was super painful. Like I had my like physio or chiropractor did it. And I said, well, it can be very different because we're really, when when you're working with a naturopath, an acupuncturist or a Chinese medicine doctor, it's very much like you're looking at the organs in the system, like they're all connected. one is like really not working and very like deficient it can be like drawing resources from the other organ systems which then can affect those other organ systems so it's all everything keeping in balance um and using herbs like chinese herbs as well and then homeopathy is another one which i love and i use all the time because it's something that um it's just you know you can kind of get different effects because you're just working on like a kind of a different paradigm than very like physical medicine mm-hmm. um and then a lot of people are on a lot of different medications and things like that so it's something that can be kind of safely integrated as well as for because i do see a lot of like pregnant women and, and babies and stuff too which is really awesome to use in that population um and yeah and then just using like definitely other things just like regular like more traditional herbs and things like that so there's there's we have a really large toolbox yeah and you know i say to patients i'm like it's really awesome for me because sometimes patients come in and they're like you know they're already doing all the nutrition like they're working with a nutritionist like they're moving their body already um and like maybe kind of the piece that they need for me is just more doing like the testing and looking at hormones and kind of going a bit deeper because a lot of the time patients will come in and they're like like i think i'm doing everything right 
my MD says like my labs are fine, but mm-hmm. clearly I still have these issues and I like I know something's going on, right? So it's nice to be able to kind of kind of see where I can fit in instead of just always like, well I I'm only like gonna do I'm only an acupuncturist, so I'm only gonna do acupuncture sort of thing, right? Like it's nice to kind of be able to kind of help them like with different paths that they're able to to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think kind of add part with natural medicine. Yeah. Right? Like when I was practicing as a homeopath, yeah. I a lot of people come to you like I've done all these things yeah. but and it's really fun to be like I can help you with that yeah and actually absolutely. see like how you can fit in it's, it's a bit of a game that way but yeah um, it's yeah. neat because it's really profound what can happen it is when yes. people have tried everything except for the natural route yes and especially too like with homeopathy because that because I feel that can even kind of be like they've maybe tried nutrition tried yep. some herbs but like you really need some proper guidance with homeopathy yeah. and yeah like I've just had some really awesome experiences like personally as well because of course I use them um, but yeah just with patients like I most recently had a patient who she she like her mother it was um, had yeah like a pretty significant disease I think it was ALS and so you know it was like a long time coming and she ended up passed away and even though you know she was kind of preparing for it she still was just having a hard time like grieving and kind of being able to even talk about it at work even though it's like a year later since it actually happened without like completely crying and so I didn't do like a full constitutional remedy but I gave her more like a like an acute remedy to help her because she's just like I really have to be able to function at work and not be in tears all the time and so I gave her a remedy that really matched with her symptoms and she sent me an email which I love when patients send me updates right it's so great um but she's just like I took the remedy and she's like I just I I just can talk about it now without actually crying and she's like that is so cool but she didn't feel different like it's just it's a very profound different way that you feel which is amazing that yeah I really want a lot of people to experience because it can just be a really cool adjunct to what they're already currently doing yeah Mm -hmm. so there's there's clearly like lots of of differences between western medicine Mm -hmm. and the way naturopathy works are there any sort of like particular types of patients that tend to respond better to the treatments or like what sort of what what kind of trends have you noticed with like the 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 patients that you work with yeah that's a really good question like i mean i'll have so many different types of patients come into the to my office i mean i definitely have ones that they're like they've already seen naturopaths before, like they're familiar with things. It's just, again, they just maybe need a tune-up because certain things have changed in their life or whatever. But then, you know, kind of the other aspect, it's the people that are so disempowered and they have no options because their doctor's just like, well, like you're just gonna have to live with this, this and this, your labs are fine. Like, I don't know what else I can do. So they kind of come to me like, you're my last hope. Like, is there anything that we can kind of do? <laughs> you are the Obi-Wan. <laughs> right? And so, um, so I find like, <laughs> they're very open to be like, doesn't matter. Like, just write it down for me. Whatever you tell me to buy, I'll buy. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And I feel, I feel when people are just very open as well as they are compliant with kind of Mm -hmm. okay like let's legitimately try this like open mind let's give it like three months because i find sometimes people are just like oh like i took this for like i did everything you said for a week and i'm not feeling different it's like well you've probably been experiencing these issues for years or decades like you really have to sort of you know understand like what your body's trying to do and with healing and it takes time so it's kind of yeah, I think the more when people can even be like really interested in that and like reading about it and kind of learning on their own in addition to seeing a naturopath or like a homeopath, it's going to just further their benefits instead of just like, well, she told me to take this, but I have no idea why I'm taking it, right? Although I, I definitely do try to explain everything and why they're taking it, but mm-hmm. I just think kind of having the additional like you know, reading books or like chatting with other friends and having like other sources in their life that reinforces, oh yeah, no, that's why I should be doing that and more for long-term and, you know, things like that. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of different, yeah, different kind of patients that I see. But I think, I think, yeah, being just like, 
you know, understanding the principle that, you know, natural substances in the body that, you know, it can heal. And instead of like suppressing everything with a lot of pharmaceutical medications, but like giving the body the building blocks that it needs to actually correct imbalances. I don't know. It just kind of makes sense to me. But of course, like it's it's yeah. it's, it's my jam. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think sometimes they're learning that like I have patients who are like, you know, I had strep throat. I've been on four rounds of antibiotics and it still wasn't getting better. Like clearly there was a missing aspect or I need to be doing something like preventative. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think sometimes when people get to that point where just like it's not resonating with me, like it's not it's not making sense or, you know, it can just. Yeah. Make them a bit more open. Totally. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny what desperation can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is. It is profound. Like what resistance will do to the body versus what openness. Like openness, I think, yeah. just allows you to kind of trust the process and yeah. takes away any sort of blockages that like are getting in the way of your healing. Yeah. Mental, Absolutely. physical doesn't matter, right? Like yeah. that openness will do a lot. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I have, I've had some patients say, you know, if I recommend like for say anti-inflammatory sort of things, we really need to increase, say something like fish oil or like a plant-based omega-3. And they're like, man, like I remember like my, my grandma used to like give that to like my dad or like, you know what I mean? Something like that. And it's just like, yeah, like all of these things, it's not like they're really new. Like they were always there. It's just, they're now they're kind of like modernized and just in yeah and the way that we're kind of taking them it's just like a lot newer than it was maybe like 50 mm-hmm. years ago right but even with chinese medicine like it's been around for over 5000 yeah, years like clearly yeah. <laughs> it's had profound effects and benefits yeah you know and it's and even the whole theory hasn't changed over all those amount of years even though we know so many different things about the body and you know microbes and all that sort of stuff and i just think that's just so fascinating how they were able to like Mm-hmm. discover and like put that all into practice in ancient china intuitively and we're yeah. still using the same yeah, principles yeah same. it's just it, yeah it's, it's amazing yeah that really nails on something that we've talked about a lot but even just the research going in i mean nutritional science is not an old science mm-hmm. and that's you know we're continuously learning like things even like fish oil like you just mentioned and uh and and like the areas of psychology that are going into like well-being and, and positive psychology and meditation like it's only been a decade or so that's why things like floating are are taking off because we now know those things that are, have been around for centuries that mm-hmm. people have been doing and, and promoting their well-being but it's only been a little while and like so the research is just catching up and i yeah. think like a lot of what you're saying with naturopathic medicine and like all these different uh, modalities are are really definitely on the edge of of like exploding right mm-hmm. in, in in popularity in usage um in in validation even of things that work but we we haven't quite um you know actually studied that that in in depth yeah um like even just the way like the wim hof method you know he has introduced these breathing techniques which are just adapted from from yogic techniques Mm -hmm. from and and really old like styles of breathing to increase oxygen content in the body Mm -hmm. and uh, and like the cold exposure that comes with it and like he's just made it into something that's a little more mainstream yeah. and uh, and westernized even because he we were talking about this right mm-hmm. it's like he's a friendly like Dutchman that's yeah. that's uh, making like breathing cool again yeah and breathing's not new <laughs> no, yeah. but it's been around for a long time <laughs> but and, uh, it's, yeah it's funny I am yeah. things are just catching up and yeah. it's it's encouraging, really. I yeah. think that That's it, yeah. you know, Western medicine and science had such an explosion, and it's advanced so quickly. And now to see this almost like union of the East meeting the West now, yeah. like science is studying natural medicine and saying like, oh, there is something to yeah. this five thousand year old thing. Like, yeah, there's a reason it hasn't died yet. Yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. And yeah, studying meditation, like that's sweet that we're getting there and yeah. studying breath work and how it can actually like clear viruses from the body. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Because so, it's something that everyone has access to, right? right? Yeah. It's just, you just have to learn it, maybe yeah. study yeah. a little bit, but then it's no extra cost or like huge investment. It's just putting it in the practice and having it at your, like those tools at your fingertips that mm-hmm. I think people, people want, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. 
Yeah, because we've been over the last uh, even ten episodes, episodes or so, like with Josh talking about breathing, we've been talking about breathing. It's trendy right now. And yeah, and yeah. you know, like air is free, right? And, and <laughs> so far, we, we started, we started, yeah, that's right. until it becomes like the Lorax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it starts getting it's like canned. Knock on wood before we canned, can. Like, <laughs> is that wood? I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> Mike Doherty knocked on wood on that. So well, we'll, yeah, see. we'll, we'll, we'll find keep out. The, keep it going. But um, yeah, it's and so we've started incorporating that as part of like our pillar like system of those things that that um, need to be incorporated for well being and, mm-hmm. and and everything to do with that. Um, and so, you know, with meditation and you saying, like, you've got, you talked about having a, a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. What kind of, pra- what does that look like for you? Is it something you do daily or almost daily? Um, like, how do you fit it into your schedule? Those kinds of things. What's your preferred, like, meditative practice? Yeah, so I always kind of, it, I, it was always something I wanted to do a lot more of. Um, and then, like, learning about it more at school. And it was just something, like, I never put into practice. And it was, it really wasn't until, yeah, just, like, starting the business and then, like, having kids and just feeling so, like, chaotic in my, like, internal self. I felt chaotic as well as, like, external. And so, um yeah, so I actually use an app, like I use the Headspace app because I really like that it kind of keeps track of my time. And it's even sometimes if I'm not listening to the prompts, it's just kind of, I just kind of like that. It also gives me the time of like if the 10 minutes is up or 15 minutes is up sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I only do, yeah, between 10 and 15 minutes. And um, I do try to do it first thing in the morning. When my kids are in school, I find it's kind of, I'm up, I'm doing all kid related stuff. I get them out the door and then it's kind of like my time to kind of reset Mm -hmm. and put the tone in place for my day. So then I'll do, um, maybe some journaling first. Like I'll do like a gratitude journal and just like, again, kind of get certain thoughts out and then I'll meditate. And then I kind of like start my day. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like, I really like to run outside as well, or even running on the treadmill. And I find that like I get, it's almost kind of like a meditation as well. Like I just feel it really clears my head and I'm just get in the zone. But that's at the same time, it's like, I get all these like awesome ideas at the same time sometimes. So I'm like, I need to be like writing it down. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so I'd say, yeah, I do try to do it daily and I do definitely notice a difference. Like I can focus better and um, yeah, it just really helps the mental state for myself. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I like that you use, movement as meditation because yeah. that's kind of one of my that's not kind of it is one of my philosophies in fitness is that yeah like it is a really good opportunity whether you're throwing weights around and doing this crazy high intensity thing you're going for a walk whatever if you get into your body and out of your head it's amazing what comes to you and it's amazing just getting into the flow state which is what we talk about a lot yeah. here um, what that will do for you yeah whether it's you know mentally ideas coming to you even healing like that's the mm-hmm. space for your body to heal yeah. which is what the tanks are for too. Like mm-hmm. it's a space for your body just to take a minute and like yeah. do its thing. And it's really cool because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm too tired to work out. I'm too tired to run, whatever. But that energizes you and that can also help heal your body. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. I like that. Moving meditations are my thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually that's a, a great... Um, thing to kind of connect to is have you found your flow uh, if, <laughs> my, my favorite question for the show is so it's sort of um yeah what how does that what how does that like how does your brain wrap around that kind of concept or yeah and i would say yeah like i like doing like working out because like i do like to run and then in the winter i'm not like a winter runner outside i'll do more like inside so like i'll go to the gym you know kettlebells like i really love any sort of like physicality like doing yoga as well um but i also do find And even just like with being an entrepreneur and having, you know, kind of more reading and learning about finding like your zone of genius. And when you work best, like some people work really well at night, some people work better in the morning and just really kind of finding like the time where I can just like get a whole bunch of things done, especially like the creative things that I have to like write or create or like that takes a lot of like mental energy. Mm -hmm. 
I'm I'm a better morning person. And so (laughs) with but like with having kids, it can kind of like you don't really have your mornings to yourself. And so I will actually like sometimes set my alarm and I could be up at like 430, five o'clock. And like I like even I've been amazed at how much even if they do get up at 6 a.m. Because sometimes my kids get up really early. But like it's amazing in that hour. It's just seems so effortless for me to get what I need to get done versus if I were to do those same tasks at like 3 p.m., 4 p.m., it's just so, I'm just like, oh, I do not want to do this. Like, it's so painful. And I just think that's so weird. It's the exact same task, but it's just a completely different time of day, but also just like my brain, like my brain has just slept when I've got up, right? And it's just like fresh and I'm just good to go. I've always been a morning person. <laughs> like even as a teenager, like as a part-time job, I worked at Peterborough Golf and Country Club and as part of the Greens crew. So I was like up and like biking to um, Down Arbor Road at like 5 a.m. to yeah. like go work and cut <laughs> greens, right? And I loved it. Like I felt so good Yeah. Um, versus if I were to like go to bed super late, get up super late, even though if I were to have say the t- same eight hours, like I'm just, my brain, I just, my brain doesn't function and I just can't get in the zone. Mm. So I have to sleep and getting up early and doing kind of my most prioritized things that day. It's, yeah, it's so much better for me. And then it just sets such a good tone for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Totally. Cool. Yeah. That's actually, you know, we, we've touched on like the, the timing stuff a little bit. Um, I think it's kind of a future episode to do like uh, the actual kind of like breaking it down. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a book called When by Daniel Pink that, mm-hmm. that breaks down um, the different times of day that the sort of studied is the best to do certain types of tasks but we've we've sort of concluded that it, it all comes down to like that self-awareness of mm-hmm. what time is best for you but i've never really linked that to flow states necessarily mm-hmm. where it's they kind of combine mm-hmm. together in this one sort of like thing to make it like the sum is greater than the, the parts yeah um, that, that's really cool way to think about it um and i think that's yeah it sounds it, sound, it makes sense to me that mm-hmm. if you're if like your thing is writing but you're also timing it to when your brain's functioning best like that's going to be like a deeper state of flow than yeah. if you're trying to force it like go against the grain yeah. when you're not ready when your body's not primed properly mm-hmm. for it. that's a really cool way to think about it i also yeah. just see that as like self-respect right like if you know yourself and yeah right best it's like honor that totally that's also just a better state for your body a better state for your mind and yep. like you said it sets your tone Yep. Mm-hmm. As opposed to having this like dread of, oh my gosh, I have to th- do this thing that I love, but yeah. not when I love to do it. And like pushing yourself, yeah. right? Instead of just like allowing it to be and going yeah. through it. It's yeah. Like you don't have so much resistance. Exactly. Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's important. You also, uh, you also touched on gratitude journaling there, which yeah. is really interesting because I've got a blog post that I'll probably release in the next day or so about oh, gratitude yeah. journaling. Nice. Cause it was just like, it was something that came to mind that, um, I believe I, I've definitely written about in the past, but it was it was time to write it again. And uh, um, so anyway, my question with that is like, do you have any specific tips, kind of like that are your go tos for people that you know in conversation it comes up that you're a naturopathic doctor and like the things I'm sure people are like, oh, it's just like with like somebody that's like you know finds out that i've studied nutrition or you know telsey has background in in homeopathy and Mm -hmm. and in training and there's always like the question like oh how do i lose weight etc like Mm -hmm. what are like your go-to like quick tips for for anybody that's kind of like just trying to get started with with whatever sort of change yeah yeah that's a good it's a good question because again i feel like there's so like I feel, yeah, so varied, right, of what's coming at me. But, like, I think the things that I'm most consistently saying is, like, be consistent. Like, whatever what you pick, like, if it's, yeah, like, doing yoga or, like, drinking water. Like, it's just, if you're consistent with it, then eventually it's just going to be just, like, second nature, right? It's not that, like, extra energy you have to put, like, oh, I have to make sure I drink my however many ounces a day or I have to do yoga today. It's going to be, like... 
you just do yoga and you just drink water and now it kind of allows space for okay like maybe now you can kind of more look into what are the specific you know foods maybe that you need to have more of and maybe less of or like having more time to meal prep or you know things like that and Mm -hmm. but I'd find with you know in general with our society fast-paced people being like I'm so busy to do this I'm so busy to do that it's like okay well what can you do right is it easy for you to like have some water and have some really good quality supplements that you'll be consistent with like that's going to help you maybe then get like better sleep so that you have a bit more energy so that you'll have energy and you'll kind of want to be going and moving your body a bit more or doing more other self-care and so yeah i'm always trying to just kind of gauge where people are at because again so many people are at so many different stages where i'm literally trying to get them to just really drink more water because they don't drink any and just have you know more real food instead of processed food versus other people are so like they're so beyond and they're just like already there and understanding they're like again like i mentioned they know homeopathy they're like oh yeah i use that all the time (laughs) i use this right so that's like i approach it differently because they already kind of know um you know, they deal with certain things. But yeah, like I would say the like being consistent. But then I think even deeper than that is like, why? Like, why does it all matter anyway? Right? Like, why do you want to feel better? Because not everyone's, you know, answer is going to be the exact same, right? Like the motivation for getting better or for feeling better, happier joy, whatever it is, is going to be so different. And so even sometimes like, when, when patients are able to verbalize that, like kind of using that, right? Like, well, if you want to be able to like go play with your grandkids, like we really have to make sure we get like the inflammation down in your body, right? They're like, oh, okay. Instead of just like take all these things, right? It's yeah, just kind of more the, the knowledge around why, but then like the purpose of why you want to do it in the first place. Mm. Yeah, connecting it all. Yeah. yeah. That's important. Yeah. Definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, no, with like, um, essentially like with that breaking it down into like the key to habit formation right yeah. making things less um yeah taking up less processing power in your mind because it's become more automatic that's yeah and then it just allows for like the other things because like there's like a thousand things that you could be incorporating right but then it's you know like just like little steps at a time yeah. are still important when you're in it for the long term that's the other thing like i try to say to patients like this isn't just, you know, let's do this for three months and then you go back to that way of living before because all of those things might eventually come back. It's like this is like you're legitimately changing your lifestyle, which is can be permanent and you mm-hmm. can like prevent certain things from returning or even occurring. But it's it's a long term game. Yeah. That's what I tell clients too, like with that consistency key. It's like I my goal for you is to make this as normal as brushing yeah. your teeth every day. Like it should be as routine, and if you don't do it, you should feel like you're, you've missed something. Yeah, you've missed a step in your routine. Yeah, so exactly. How can we get there? And it's always that why it's that consistency, mm-hmm. just showing up. Yeah, yeah. brush yeah. your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with uh, yeah, t- whether it's nutrition or anything, right? Because um, there's always like a new fad diet, but consistency is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's like the long term. And so whatever is, yeah, the, the low-hanging fruit that you can take away and, and, mm-hmm. and work on that's going to last you a lot longer than just trying to do it as a quick three-week or three-month sort mm-hmm. of thing. Make it into part of your lifestyle is essential. Um, and then, yeah, so you kind of touched on everybody's got this perception of being too busy to incorporate mm-hmm. these things. And, you know, we, we have this this stance of, of like deliberate use of social media and because that's where a lot of time is just getting like gobbled up mm-hmm. and so do you what's what's your take on on social media these days how do you kind of incorporate it obviously as like a local small business you've got to make use of it in yeah. in ways for that cost-effective marketing of yourself uh, how do you find balance with it or or do you find yourself getting stuck in the yeah. the wormhole of social media and, and, and sort of how do you pull yourself out of it? Yeah, for sure. So it is definitely something like I didn't really use too, too much of. Um, and especially like even with running my business, like I did have like a business page on Facebook and things like that. But I just it was just so much 
work because it is a lot of like mm-hmm. content and like again consistency to like show up on you know any so like sort of social media platform um and but then it wasn't really until then like my kids were a little bit older and i really kind of was just like yeah just rebranding and kind of really wanting to yeah you know, yeah, like just put yourself out there more because you have to like when you're a business, right? And so I feel that it's definitely something that I'm on there a lot for business. I don't. I think if I didn't have a business, I don't really think I would be using it as much as I do mm-hmm. um, because it can just, it really can be so great with just like connecting and networking and things like that, like in, in the industry and especially on something like Instagram, like that's where a lot of like health and wellness like lives on that and Facebook, right? So those yeah. are definitely like the two, but they are like the two biggest platforms for yep. social media. Um, but yeah, I for sure can get in like the zone of just like, you're just scrolling and scrolling. And sometimes I'm just like, I'll stop. And I'm like kind of irritated with myself. I was like, that was just mindless. Like I didn't, I didn't gain any benefit from that. If anything, I decreased like my train of thought of what I was doing. Um, and it took away like precious time that I have that again, like I could be doing like going into something like a bit more productive for myself. So I, yeah, I really try to have better boundaries and, you know, like I'm on there, I'll post, I'll reply to stuff and I kind of like just chunk time it. Right. And then I really will put like, do not disturb. I put my ringer down just so I'm not getting all notifications. I've turned a lot of notifications off. So really when I do open my phone, like I don't see you know, Facebook and Instagram notifications. I just see like maybe messages from like that I that are more important sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I feel having the boundaries and then just like, I'll just shut my phone off certain periods of the day too, just so it's like, there's no temptation. Um, but yeah, I think in general with patients, like I, I have had patients where like they've had to delete their account off Facebook or like delete the app or whatever because they just found they were going on it and they were just getting so like anxious, like looking at other people's mm. stuff and feeling like, oh my God, like like they're doing this. I feel I should be doing this or, you know, like things like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just really playing on their mental health aspect. And so I was like, wow, good for you. Like, like I didn't tell her to, but she just on her own, she's just like, no, I'm totally disconnecting. Um, and then other people, yeah, they just kind of find that it's just something that they, yeah, need a lot more work around, but it's just kind of the easy go-to, right? Like when you're stressed, you can just kind of like look at it. Like it is challenging, but it can be used in such a good way. I just think that it's, it's something that it's kind of hard for people to kind of be utilizing it in more of maybe like a constructive, like positive way. Cause I do feel a lot of people get really stressed out with people with what they're seeing or they're like mad of what they see. It's like, well, just don't follow those people or just maybe. Funny, eh? <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have to be looking yeah. at it. Right. But yeah. then you're just kind of being forced to, and just kind of reminding people too. I mean, everything that's on there for the most part, like it's people's highlights, right? It's not showing all of the struggles and things that aren't so nice and pretty to put on there. So don't think that people aren't also feeling the exact same way because mm-hmm. like people come into my office and they tell me how they're feeling yet, you know, if so if someone else to look at their whole like Instagram, they'd be like, they have the perfect life. Nobody has the perfect life, right? But it's just, it's easy to just think that when you look at social media. So that's where it's something that it has to be used. It has to be used with caution, I think. It really does. Yeah, uh, I took a media course a couple semesters ago and uh, Marshall McLuhan's a big, like, media man back in TV day. And he made a comment on how he believes that technology is becoming what he calls like an external central nervous system like it's Mm. becoming something that's so ingrained in our wiring like our phone goes off and we have anxiety like we have to check it we have to check it we have to check it like and there's a wire in our brain that's like do that yeah which is scary yeah but i guess you know like lots about the central nervous system because that's what you interact with in your your practice Mm -hmm. um i wonder if there's ways that we can kind of i don't know medicate that Right? Like even coaching your your patients on maybe social media is not good for your central nervous system. Yeah. You know? Like how can we detach that? I don't have an answer yet, but like it's yeah. interesting, the anxiety mm-hmm. that it can provoke. And then that anxiety can cause a lot of toxicity in your system. And then you have all these blockages. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think having more like boundaries and constraints with it. You're right. And especially with kids, because kids are getting like super addicted, yeah. which is like huge problems. Like 
And, you know, I think it's just something that, again, it just, it just takes that work. And I mean, it's, you know, nothing comes without like, it's so awesome. Like internet and social media can be so awesome. But then there's also like the other side of the coin where it can be really detrimental. And I think we're seeing how it can be detrimental. And unfortunately just something else that people kind of have to be like aware of and maybe put up boundaries with, but you know, simple things, just reducing, you know, turning off certain notifications, like turning your ringer off, like Mm -hmm. don't take it to bed, like literally have it to like turn it off, keep it in somewhere else. Cause again, there's, then there's the other like wireless and electromagnetic frequencies and all that stuff that we could get into as well. But like, you know, it's just in terms of the distraction, it can be so hard on people's like focus, which is already, I think such a problem. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's not making it better. So just put the phone away, turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to touch on today? I think we're sort of coming yeah, towards. Yeah, no, I think that now. was, yeah, I think that was awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, how do we find you? Where do we, where do we go? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, well, talking about social yeah. media, like I am on Instagram, that's kind of where I hang out most. Yeah. So um, I'm at Laura Anderson ND. Um, and then, yeah, from there, you can kind of find like my website. It's lauraandersonnd.com. Basically, everything is Laura Anderson ND. So it's pretty um, across the board on Facebook as well. So, yeah, that's where you can can uh, connect with me. And email is the best way to get a hold of me, too, if, in case people want like more questions or inquiries and things like that. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. Laura. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much for having for me. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Flowcast. If you like listening to our podcast, be sure to leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your other favorite podcast platform. This actually helps to make a difference and to spread the word to more people wanting to listen to this podcast. We put together regular Q&A episodes where we answer your questions. So send us any questions you have either to the Facebook page at FlowSpaON or find us on Instagram or you can also send the questions through the FlowSpa.ca website. And remember that by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast platform, you'll get notified when each new episode is released. Thank you again for listening to the Flowcast and we'll talk to you again next time.